0: Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Um, And so what I thought I would do today is I just wanted to address just some things. You, you you would know that our world has undergone some seismic kind of changes um, in the last few weeks, and, and I've addressed them a little bit in my update, which you've not been getting because there's something already about. Um And so I just thought I would say a few words this morning. One of the things I'm praying for is that we will have an increase in people who have the gift. Of discernment to be able to help us read the signs of the times. It talks about 1 Chronicles 12, it talks about the sons of Issachar who had the ability to read the signs of the times and they knew what to do. We need people like that. We need people who know what to do at such a time as this. And so, uh, we're living in sort of odd times, you could call it, and I'm just going to address them uh, in a couple of areas briefly, and then give us uh, how should we, as the church, respond. So let's just pray and ask for God to with Father, we're grateful for your uh, presence with us, we're grateful for the reminder today that you're sovereign, that you are over all, God, that we don't sit here panicking and worrying because. Because other things are taken over. You're sovereign. You're over everything. That you know the end from the beginning. That you're powerful to self. And Father, I thank you that that's the God we come to. We don't don't come to a God that we've made up. We don't come to a God that we have created. You're not a God in our image. We created in your image. And Father, I thank you that you're a God who is alive. And you do what pleases you. And so, it, knowing that God, would come uh, this morning to so look at these things, to come to Your Word, and uh, we ask the you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, there's been a lot going on recently that has, could easily make people feel, um, I suppose, a bit shaken. Quite, what? Quite, how do I view the world now? Because things are changing. Things are a little bit different, and. That's happening in our country, it's happening in other countries, and I want to address two issues particularly, and then um, uh, just give us a, a kind of a response. So the first issue I want to address is the issue of race. I want to address the issue of race, and that comes up in a couple of um, situations around the world at the moment. It comes up in, in the States where they've got um, the group Black Lives Matter, which kind of, I suppose, epitomize a, a, a protest group on, on what's going on there in terms of relationship between young African Americans the police. Um, and I don't know whether any of you were in Brixton yesterday, but whatever happens around the world, happens in Brixton, Yeah, um, that's always been the way. And there were hundreds of people Outside the library yesterday, uh, as part of a Black Lives Matter protest, and uh, I was going, I was going to Brixton yesterday, and just hundreds of people there. Then so there were people singing this, people saying that. Brixton's a real melting pot. You go there on any given Saturday, and you just see loads and loads of this kind of thing um, going on. And uh, and so the issue of race is a big. The issue of race is also an issue in our nation, not in exactly the same way as in the States, but because of um, uh, the political climate in which we live, and we are stepping out of the EU, and although it might not have been the big argument, one of the arguments that was was put forward by those who wanted to leave uh, was around immigration. It has made race issues. Hot again, and it's almost given permission for some kind of di- discrimination. I'm allowed now to tell you to go home, or you can tell me to go home. And you know that th- when I was growing up, that kind of thing happened, but it, was, it didn't happen as it wasn't it wasn't so political. Yeah, the political groups that used to sort of present those things were, were considered extreme. These days they are mainstream, and so it becomes a very very difficult. Situation where, where where politics has become and raised the issue of race. So we have it in our nation. We have um, this thing of sending people home. People, um, I suppose, uh, causing damage to buildings belonging to other groups of people. That kind of thing is happening. People are being threatened. People are being attacked. That kind of thing is happening. And uh, I was listening to. Uh, uh, I think I was watching something on the TV. It was a, it was, um, I can't remember who she was, I think she was an MP who was introducing in this particular context, uh, Jeremy Corbyn, she was just introducing him and she talked about a situation in her constituency where, where 10-year-old kids, so that's, that's junior school age, were, they were walking along, I think there must have been a classroom going off to somewhere, I don't know where they were going. But there were adults on the side who were shouting at them and telling them to go home. And that's not a good thing, but in our culture at the moment, that kind of thing is happening. And as a church, if we're really honest, we don't know what to do. Yeah? We don't really know what to do. We don't really know. I'm sure we believe God must be the answer how God is the answer, We, uh, if we're honest, if I were to really push you, I wonder how different your answer would be to the man who stands in the streets and says, it's all about love and unity, and you'd be going, yeah, it's all about love and unity. Uh, God, I don't know how you're the answer, but you must be the answer. You must be the answer. I'm not sure we always know what to do. So I just want to address this briefly, and I'm not making a in any way a political comment, I'm not intending to, um, uh, you'll know my, my view on that is God well, is suffering. I'll, I'll cover that in a moment. But on this particular issue, I want to address one scripture. Because I do believe God is the answer to the problem of racism and prejudice, partly because I believe simply racism, prejudice and those kinds of things are sin, and God deals with sin. So at that simple level, God must be the answer. Because racism is sin. And God deals with sin. But how does he specifically deal with this issue? So I want to turn your attention to a passage in the Bible, in James chapter 2, verse 14. This is what it says. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, their hostility he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near John Piper says of this verse and of this issue that um, the issue of race is a blood of Jesus issue it's not just a social issue it's a blood of Jesus issue we can sometimes forget that Jesus did not only die on the cross that you as an individual might be saved and have a relationship with Him and have your sins washed away and be reconciled to God, although He did do that. But Jesus also died on the cross that the Jews and the Gentiles might be brought into one relationship, under one head. That's one of the reasons why he died. He died in order that the Jews, um, who were his chosen people, all by grace, it wasn't that they were special, it's that they were chosen by grace, God chose them. Why did he choose them is his business, but he chose them in order to show the world what he was like. And he would do that through a people, and it was to be the Jews. But he always intended... That his love and his compassion would be shown to the world. It was always about the world. It was always about the nations of the world. It was never just about one people. You read that very early on in, in Genesis 12, at the promise to Abraham is, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. And through you, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world. Yeah? God went for one man in order to bless the whole of mankind. And so uh, the fact that and so sometimes we forget. We think it's wonderful because God saved me. Yeah, God saved me. And isn't it lovely? Isn't it wonderful that God saved me? But he didn't just save me. He was, he was about saving the world and he was about reconciling all of mankind together. Yeah? And it's interesting because this passage tells us and the communion uh, thing that we do week by week tells us he did it through the blood. That's how we are reconciled through the blood it was because Jesus hung on a cross and his blood was shed and it was to reconcile us and them to God Yeah, it wasn't just to reconcile you to one another or to your culture, it was to recon- reconcile you and your fellow men to God and when he reconciles you to God he brings you together by definition, we come together. But our culture does not recognise that as the approach to dealing with race issues. Would that be true? Our culture does not recognise that as an approach to deal with race issues. And our danger is that we think our culture's way is the way to do it. And what's our culture's way? Our culture... Very much about tolerance. Racial tolerance. Yeah? That you being your people, we be our people, and we tolerate one another, and in fact we go beyond tolerance and we try and celebrate our differences. That's cultural. Yeah. That we celebrate difference is cultural. Yeah? You don't find that so much in the Bible. Not that God doesn't recognise difference, but you don't find that so much in the Bible. The celebration is of what God has done. It's not of who we are, it's of what he's done. Tolerance, we have discovered, does not achieve its end goal. Its end goal should be a beautiful rainbow of colour of people celebrating their differences and loving one another and being unified. That should be the goal of tolerance. And we put millions of pounds into that. And many, many, many people desire that, but that has not been achieved. It's not been achieved because you cannot achieve this thing in this way. Yeah. When <laughs> we occasionally Pauline and I will go and see Bill's um, mum, Audrey, in, in the hospital so, you know, the ITU unit, and she's doing much better, by the way. I saw her yesterday afterwards. She's doing much better. Um, she is in the ITU medical department. What yeah? you is an ITU surgical department. Yeah? If your issues are medical, being in the surgical department won't help you. If your issues are surgical, being <coughs> in the medical department won't help you. They can feed they whatever drugs you need, to finger, but if really your issue is surgical, being medical doesn't help. Racial tolerance is not the way to deal with racial discrimination or race issues. Jesus dealt with it at the cross. And he dealt with it in such a way that it is not about our own it's about his And how we know we deal with it differently is when we deal with the race issue, whether it's through tolerance or celebrating our differences. There is always an underlying sense of honest, tension, of we're just doing this, we're being politically we're doing the right thing. But underlying, we're all a little bit unsure, there's a misunderstanding. What Jesus did on the cross created something quite surprising. When Jesus died on the cross and created in himself one new humanity when he brought one thing out of the two things, he did something which I think surprised us. He made peace. He made peace. When people come together from different races, if they truly come together under the head of Christ, recognising that he's at the centre, there should be peace. If there is not peace, then we're not doing it his way. If there is misunderstanding and tension, it's because we're trying, maybe, to use another approach to do the very thing that God intended to do at the cross. Now, our world doesn't look to God. Yeah? I don't wonder why well, I can't blame it for that. It's rejecting Him. Yeah, We are secular. We live in a secular society. We live in a humanist society. But we must hold on to it. We cannot ourselves be thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to just tolerate, I'm bringing in. Bringing in cultural values into the church. No, when Jesus dealt with the issue of grace, he brought peace. He brought two things in the middle of one. Just something for you to think about. Because behind it, I think, is some of the biggest issues. Where the cross and the culture meet, culture must die. Where the cross and the culture, means. culture must go. If I were a teacher, I would ask you to write. And you're not going to do that. But I will ask you to discuss it. You know? Where the cross and the culture, means. culture must go. The second issue I just want to address, or hopefully briefly, is that we're living in times of a changing political. Landscape, and I don't know how many of you have shown any interest in—I don't know how many of you are actually interested in politics—and I'm, I'm not interested in knowing how many of you are. But, but you certainly will recognise if you didn't before that politics has a massive issue on how you live, yeah. Even if you don't think about it, yeah, it's influ- it influences massively—not just your life now, but the generations to come. And we live in a changing political. Landscape. All parts of the political landscape are under stress right now in this country, and are changing. And the, the, I suppose part of the uncertainties we don't really know to what. We don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what the next prime minister will be like. We don't. We don't know. It's not even like the, a, a, the next prime minister is someone that we voted for. It's, it's not going to happen like that. We don't know what's going to happen next. And that can lead us to uncertainty. And it can lead us to being unsure. Now, personally, it doesn't matter to me whether you were voted leave or you voted remain. It doesn't matter to me. Personally, I want us to remember God is sovereign and all things. Whether you come from one end or another end. And I think it's difficult to argue. One end is better than another end. I just think you need to go as a Christian, God is And whether this is a good thing or not a good thing, He works everything for yeah. this. That's what He does. That's what the Bible tells us. It also tells us in the Psalms all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before Him, for dominion belongs to the Lord. And he rules over the nations. I imagine for some of us, our faith to believe that is being tested. Do you believe that? Do you believe that ultimately God is in control? And not just, oh yeah, ultimately, 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 God is in control, but right now I'm really stressed. Do I believe God is in control and that is affecting how I'm responding to something? Test your faith. I mean, we've been seeing, haven't we, over this last year, Jake Isaac's song, <coughs> Jesus is greater than all. Do you actually believe that? He's greater than all. And, and it doesn't just mean in a sort of a cosmic way, but actually, in a personal way, he's greater than all my worries, all my stresses, and all my sons, Jesus is greater. In a changing world, it's good to know an unchanging world, and you need to know that. In a changing world, God is unchanging, you can trust him, you can get him. So those two things are happening all around us, things are changing politically, we don't know know where that's going to go. There has been an increase in, in racial tension or race issues in our nation. Clearly, there have been in the states where they have other issues in relation to race. So there's been an increase in that kind of thing. Um, how should we, as Christians, respond? How should we respond? What should we be doing? Well, I just want to mention three things. Actually, even looking at these three things, there are many other things that like, even now I think, oh, well, that might be <laughs> I'm just going to mention a few. I've got here, unless I get really caught up and I might mention that something yeah. else. But. but I'll mention these three things. The first thing, and it, it's a challenge but I think this is true, we must do this. Be full of faith. How do you respond as a Christian to the world that you live? Be full of faith. Now faith is confidence in what you hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Yeah? Faith is about believing something that you can't see. That's yeah. 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 simply what it is believing something that you cannot see. Yet. And what it says is this this is what the ancients were commended for. So you know, in this particular chapter in the Bible, Hebrews uh, 11 it goes on to mention all sorts of people who were commended for this very thing that we are being encouraged to operate in, and that is faith. Yeah? That they believed things that they did not see. Yeah. They held on to things that were promised. Some of them never saw those things that they were promised. And in fact, what he says is they that
1: they were held sincerely in order that they were enjoy the of it with us. So we are to hold on, just like they held on, to faith. Just like Abraham held on to believe in God when everything about him said this is not true. He held on to believe in God and it was credited to him as righteousness. How do you know whether you're operating in faith? Because sometimes we can get a little confused. Full of faith does not mean that you are necessarily always positive or even always happy. Yeah? It's not about just your happiness or your sort of positive outlook on life. Yeah? Because you can be very positive about nothing. Yeah? Or about things that have no real value. You can be very positive about things. You you can... can, um, I, you remember Wales were against the Wales lost, but you know they were playing Portugal, and just on the face of it, they were not going to beat Portugal. Yeah. No, and, and but some of them were very positive about it, very like, "Come on, we can do it." But we can do it isn't always enough. Yeah, you need something more than that. Yeah. and when it comes to God and the things of God, we can do it means nothing. Yeah, without God, I can do nothing. Faith is about Are you still looking to God For solutions In your heart Are you still For God Or have you given up Because you can still come to church You can still sing the songs, But in your heart you've given up You're like oh goodness I can't believe the world's gone yeah. Are you still looking to God Or have you given up That's a heart thing. Are you still doing the things that you always do when you are full of faith? Maybe it's you wake up you pray. Maybe you're you're, you're reading the word. Maybe you're doing things. You're you're, you're going to church. You're doing things that, that reflect how you operate when you are in faith. Or have you stopped those things? Have you become a bit disillusioned? to you still trusting God and his ways? And his ways are, in, at one level, they are obvious, yeah. The world does not have the no answer to some of these problems, but one of the main ways that God chooses to answer these problems is through his church. And it's through his church because it's through his church that he displays primarily his kingdom, that he has determined he will work out his purposes. That's, that's what it says. So, are you full of faith? Or have you allowed very, very legitimate things to cl- crowd in and have just taken your faith a little bit? You're no longer full of faith. Oh, yeah. I used to do that, but I don't do that now. I've not seen any answers. We talked about an answer to prayer earlier. The second way of responding, so the first way I'm encouraging us to respond is be for the faith. The second way I'm encouraging us to respond is don't give up meeting together. This is a massive challenge. This is a massive danger. And and it's a danger that comes with all sorts of positives, all sorts of good things. But the Bible says, and it couldn't be more true. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The danger is when the world is going on, it's all happening, and we're not sure about everything. Is we can disengage, we can just go, oh, I don't know, why don't we just go away, and why don't we just have another week, why don't we, oh, I can't get up today, just a bit too, I just got, I don't understand it all, I don't get it, and you can get like that, it's really easy to get like that, now, to be honest, I don't get like that, yeah? but I recognise that some people can get like that, but, but we can just think, oh, it's too much, don't give up meeting together. You take an evening, an evening off from there, you just think, oh, I've just been so busy today. I'm just not going to go to group tonight. And yet you know, because we all know this, when you get to group and then you're worshipping with your brothers and sisters and you're living you them, oh, thank you God that I came to group. Yeah? But actually, two hours ago, I wasn't going to go to Google Now I'm so glad I came to bed. How many people say that at the end of the I've been in those groups. Oh, I wasn't going to come tonight. I'm so glad I did. Some people say that every week. I wasn't going to go. Oh, bad, bad, okay. Yeah? As a great ego, you've got to just show grace. Yeah? You want to do other things. What do you want do? You mean? <laughs> do not give up meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing it. Spare one another on towards love and good deeds. Encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We don't talk too much, and maybe one day we need to, about the second coming of Jesus. But Jesus is coming again. There is a day that's going to come. And when he comes, everyone will see. <laughs> yeah? What you and I see, they will see. What you and I believe, then we'll go, oh my goodness, we were wrong. Yeah? That day is coming. And what this tells us is don't give up meeting together before that day. And sadly, we read at the, at the end of a number of Paul's letters people who have given up. People who have just, oh, it's too much. They've gone their own way. My prayer is that we will not give up meeting together. Sometimes not meeting together is a sign of diminishing faith in God let's be honest. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it is. And then the third thing I just want to mention, how should we respond? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1, verse 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. we have got those divisions again. We are among the Gentiles. And I was chatting with someone the other day who talked about going through for them, a really surprising situation, And if you move this person, you'd be surprised at this as well, they were in a work context, and in that context they had to acknowledge, Something came out there and they had to acknowledge faith in God, and it felt awkward and weird, yeah? I don't know how many of you have been there because we live in a world where we are so, as a world, as a a community, we've moved so far away from God that when you mention God, it's like, did you (laughs) just say? you were one of them. I thought those people didn't didn't do that for anymore. I remember talking to, um, I I went to some meeting and there were these different kinds of people there, there were these busy people there, and I, I remember just mentioning it because it was a, it was about young people but it wasn't a, a church related thing. And I remember mentioning about New Day. And this woman was really shocked that that there were young people in the world today that went to church. Really? I, mean, I didn't think young people went to church. Yeah. I didn't think that kind of thing happened anymore. I thought everyone had just moved on. Yeah. so because we live in a world where people have just moved on it becomes really awkward now to I like, know oh, I still believe I still believe in Jesus really? do not be ashamed of the gospel 50 years ago even if people around us not more we were 50 years ago than you can imagine even people around us, our leaders, our colleagues, people who we know are, Christians, they at least in those days would have had a healthy respect of Christian views. They would have thought, oh, well, that's a good thing. And, you know, and at state occasions people would pray and all that kind of stuff. These days, that doesn't happen. We're not hearing our leaders today going, we need to see God about the future of our nation. No one's saying that. What they're saying is we need to hang on to our values of tolerance and, and that's what we need to do. This is no longer Christian notion, whatever its history has been, it's no longer Christian. And therefore it's harder to hold on to being Christian when everyone else around you isn't. And please, let's not get caught up in this idea that we don't want our friends and neighbours to think Christians are weird, we want them to think they're cool, so we're going to just try to be really cool and then introduce them Christian a Christian. And it, no, it doesn't work. Christian is Christian, and when you're a Christian, you're different. You have to believe that, you have to accept that. And you're di- even more different than you ever were before. <laughs> because the world is moving away from being Christian. We are not to move with it. We are to hold on. We are to stand our ground. So the words of Paul are even more relevant to us today. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the fact that I'm a Christian. I am not ashamed of the fact that I go to church. I'm not even ashamed of the fact that I go to a church in a community centre. Because do you know what? In my last church, I would have taken everyone from my last church. Big yeah, people are coming. Yo, this is a ju- yeah, this is a church. Yeah, come, come, no, no, look, no, no. look. Yeah, I'd have done all of that kind of thing. But now it's like, oh, well, do you know what? Just next time, next time. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the church. Because it's the power of God that brings salvation. And where must we believe? People don't need to go to a place where they're entertained, even with Christian zones. They need to make Jesus. Jesus is the one that makes the difference. The church remains a living example of what it means to be a Christian. It's the way God intended it to be. Let's stand. I'm just going to pray. Um, But I want to give anyone um, who might want prayer today because maybe something that's come out this morning, whether it's through the worship, through the souls, or through anything that I've said, if it has touched you and you would like prayer, maybe you're acknowledging to yourself, do you know what? I've been ashamed. Maybe you're acknowledging to yourself diminishing faith, be honest with yourself. Oh, actually, I've had diminishing faith. Things I used to do, I don't do now, and I've just excused it. Maybe you're overly anxious about the, the changing political landscape, and you recognise, oh, God, I'm not actually trusting you in that situation. I'm worried about what they might do. Rather than thinking, what's God going to do? Maybe you're struggling with the, the race issue. Maybe that's been personal for you. Maybe you've suffered something as a result of it. Maybe you're, you're just acknowledging your own feelings about it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know where you're at. But I want to give an opportunity for you to be prayed for wherever you're at. So just... Uh, Just as I pray, I want you to just put your hand up if you would like prayer. And we did this last week, and people will just gather around you and pray for you. So um, if that's you then, just put your hand up now. And then I'll pray, and then people will just come and pray for you and close the meeting. So if you'd like prayer this morning, just put your hand up where you are. Okay, there's a number of people okay I'm going to pray just keep your hand up and, uh, Father we, we want to thank you that we come to a God who is alive I'm so grateful for that that you're not a God made of wood or stone or anything else and I thank you that you're a God who is able that uh, means you're, you're powerful enough to do something about the situation we find ourselves in and so Father I, I pray for all those that have just said yeah I need prayer I, I just pray for them now and I ask Holy Spirit you would draw alongside them you would strengthen them in whatever area it is that they need strengthening that you would come to them I pray, Father, you would come to the rest of us. Maybe where we haven't put our hands up and we need to, um, I just pray you would come to us. We ask it in your name. We ask that you would be blessed through uh, the work of the Holy Spirit among us now. And so we're going to close the meeting, but if you want to keep your hands up and I'm asking people around them just to just to go and pray for them, just get around them, pray for them for a few minutes. Operate on the gifts of the spirit, that's what we've been doing. Um, but we're gonna officially close the meeting but you're gonna pray for those people and I'm sure Andy will put some appropriate music on. Is that okay? So if we get around those people now before we all just run off, there are some people have got their hands up You have
0: just listened to a Beacon Church recording.